Welcome to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I believe therapeutic education can change lives and should be easily accessible to all. These podcast episodes are filled with research-backed therapeutic education that you can start applying to your life today. If you like these episodes and you want to go into more depth on specific topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain and build better relationships, or how to help support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. Each podcast episode here comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professionals. Okay, let's jump into this week's skill. If you've been anxious or stressed for a long time, you've probably got an imbalance in your nervous system. Your autonomic nervous system has a couple of skills, getting activated and relaxing. But just like this guy who's been working out his right arm more than his left, when we constantly get anxious or stressed, we are stronger at activating than we are at calming down. We're just really good at getting anxious and not so good at relaxing. Our parasympathetic response isn't as strong. The good news is that there are practical things you can do to turn on and strengthen your parasympathetic response. In this video, you'll learn how to activate the parasympathetic response and how to strengthen your vagal tone, which is your body's overall ability to regulate your nervous system and return to a sense of calm. Okay, your nervous system has three responses. The sympathetic response, which is the activating alerting response. It's been called the fight, flight, freeze response. It's meant to prepare you to respond to danger and the shutdown response, the dorsal vagal response. Uh, It's meant to conserve energy and numb you and protect you from hurt. And then the ventral vagal response. Um, I'm pointing to ventral because it's the front side of your body. It's like when you're open and hugging. This is the parasympathetic response. It's an, it comes when you feel an internal sense of safety, when you feel secure, when you feel like you can connect with others and you can heal and rest and digest and love and be loved and relax and restore. But each of these responses, imagine them as being like a muscle. The response that you use the most gets stronger. So if you're anxious a lot, you're constantly strengthening your activating response. You're making yourself really good at getting anxious. And if you exercise your parasympathetic response a lot, it gets stronger. Okay, and I keep referring to the vagus nerve. I can't remember if I've talked about this in the course, but let's just break it down real quick. The vagus nerve is the long nerve that runs from your brain through your neck and into your abdomen, down into your pelvis. It's one of the most important nerves in your body and it controls a bunch of functions, including heart rate and digestion. Vagal tone is like muscle tone. Your vagal tone is the activity level of your vagus nerve. Higher vagal tone means that the vagus nerve is more active and it's generally associated with better health and well-being. So for instance, vagal tone is linked with better mood, lower stress, and a more efficient heart. And low vagal tone is often found in people with depression, anxiety, and other stress-related disorders. So you can actually measure the strength of your vagal tone with HRV, which is heart rate variability. This refers to the variations in time between successive heartbeats. It's not about how fast or slow your heart beats, but how much duration between each heartbeat changes. (laughs) So surprisingly, a more variable heart rate Um, within a healthy range is a good thing. High HRV indicates that your body 
and your nervous system is responsive and it can adapt to different situations. So it's a more flexible, adaptable nervous system. Low HRV suggests the opposite, that your body might be under stress. So it's just like constantly under pressure or um, that it's not functioning optimally. So in essence, both vagal tone and HRV are measures of how well your body responds to stress and recovers from it. High vagal tone and HRV are generally seen as signs of good health and resilience. So assuming that you're here because you have anxiety, you're already really good at getting activated. That one muscle is bigger than the other. And each time we activate the parasympathetic response, we're strengthening our vagal tone. So let's talk about how to turn on that parasympathetic response. So just as anxiety, um, the anxiety response is in your body and it gets triggered by thoughts or sights or places or people, the parasympathetic response, the calming, uh, relaxing, soothing part of your nervous system can get turned on. It can get triggered or a better word is glimmered by all kinds of things. So anything that makes us feel safe, confident, secure, or supported can help turn on that parasympathetic response. Whether it's a belief like I can do hard things or God will protect me or something more physical like a warm hug from a loved one or the snuggles from your dog or even just returning home to your safe place after a long day, these signals can cue the parasympathetic response to turn on. So. What I'm trying to say is a perceived sense of safety, believing that you are safe enough right here and now, is the foundation of the parasympathetic response. Now, later in this course, I am gonna teach you some ways to calm your body even when the situation is stressful, but let's just leave it at that for right now. There is also a lot you can do to actively turn on and exercise that parasympathetic response. So the second thing I would say about the parasympathetic response is that it's strongest when you face your fears. So if we take a look at this anxiety cycle, right? This here is the anxiety response here. We interpret something as dangerous. Now, what I did just say in the, previously was if we actually believe we're safe, if we have a perceived sense of, of safety, we kind of skip this fight, flight, freeze response and go right over here into the parasympathetic response. But when we are activated and we feel anxious, when we face a threat and resolve it, that is one of the most powerful ways to turn on that parasympathetic response. So we aren't just trying to feel calm all the time. This can lead to avoiding anxiety, which leads to the anxiety cycle. We actually have to go through an event instead of avoiding and immobilizing. So the, this is the second most important thing about the parasympathetic response. You have to honestly face reality and laugh in its face. Like, yes, things can be hard, stressful, frightening, or difficult, but avoiding those things is not going to leave you in the parasympathetic response. Avoiding those things leaves you in the anxiety response. So you can do hard things. You have a built-in inherent ability to face challenges and be healthy while you do them. But this is as much in our body as in our mind. So one thing I would say is like, just when we move through a stressor, when we overcome it, when we come out on the other side, when we complete a task instead of freezing up, that's when our natural built-in ability to rest, heal, relax, and connect, it just naturally turns on. Okay, so like, let me give you an example. Think of that time when you were scared to jump off the diving board, and then you did it, you faced it, 
And you had that huge sense of relief and that huge smile that came on your face afterwards. Like that is the natural parasympathetic response. When we face and resolve threats, we complete a task, that response is gonna turn on naturally. So that's like the first thing I would say. Um, I'm worried that as I teach other skills to turn on that parasympathetic response in your body, that people are just gonna be like, okay, I'm anxious, but I'm just gonna force my body to calm down. And it's like, no, we have to move through tasks first. Let me give you another example. Like you're in school, it's coming up on like uh, exams, like final exams in school, and you finally finish your last test. You have that huge sense of relief, right? This is the parasympathetic response because you completed your test. First thing, parasympathetic response comes when we believe we're safe. Second thing, we have to move through stressors and resolve or complete the task in order to turn on that parasympathetic response. And now third, I'm gonna say, we don't have to wait for some huge event to turn on the parasympathetic response. So like later in this course, we are gonna talk to, talk about how we can regulate our nervous system even in the middle of stressful events. But now I'm gonna teach you just a couple of skills, a couple of simple ways in your body from a bottom-up approach to turn on that parasympathetic response. So first thing, um, laughter. Let's talk about that. Laughter is essentially a tension breaker. Um, notice how a lot of humor builds tension around a tricky subject like sex and then releases it with a joke. It releases that tension with a joke. Um, notice how pranks um, increase a sense of danger and then release all that tension with a bunch of laughter. Laughter really is a powerful medicine. During a really stressful time in my family, watching funny Instagram reels together like literally saved our relationships. Like it helped us connect in a way that nothing else really could. So find a way to laugh every day, like in a positive way. Okay, next, breathing. This one's really well known um, and we'll talk about breathing exercises in this section. Um, you'll see that your body like naturally lets out a long breath when things are safe, like <sighs> But you can also practice paced breathing, slow breathing, or deep breathing to turn on the parasympathetic response. Um, this is probably one of the tools that I use most throughout the day, is to just pause and um, take a slow breath and then go back to what I was doing. So let's, let's practice that with a quick exercise. So go ahead. Um, I'm gonna do a little bit of a different type of breathing, but go ahead and do a big fake yawn with me. If you do that, you might start to yawn for real. The body can send a message to the mind to calm down. So um, later in this course, you know, I'll teach you some of those breathing exercises. Okay, on that note, uh, humming, singing, chanting, gargling, all of these are anciently known to turn on the parasympathetic response. And one reason is because the vocal cord vibration stimulates the vagus nerve. Um, so like saying, oh, we're just humming a tune can help that. Um, I mean, like singing is really powerful as well at regulating the nervous system. Singing incorporates both that vibration and a long, slow out breath. Um, like why do people sing when they're happy, but they also sing when they're sad? It's a form of nervous system regulation. Later in the course, I'm gonna teach you the foghorn breath, which is Peter Levine's, one of Peter Levine's techniques for um, turning on that 
parasympathetic response. Okay, chewing gum can also help open up your jaws in the back of your throat, and it stimulates salivation, which is a form of the parasympathetic response. When we're relaxed, um, our saliva flows, our digestion works, and uh, when we're nervous, our mouth gets dry because our digestion is turning off. So chewing gum or like even eating sour things can stimulate that salivation, make your mouth water, and that can trigger that parasympathetic response. Okay, next, shake it off. So wild animals literally shake after a stressful event to burn off all of those stress hormones. Um, but we can also channel that movement and that shaking through like dance or just big body movements. So take a minute right now, like shake your arms or you could like pause the video and play some of your favorite dance music because any kind of movement can help us transit transition from immobilization, which is hypoarousal, into activation and towards the parasympathetic response. Um, so I like movement a lot. Uh, stuff like running and yoga and exercise, um, this is all really essential if you're stuck in a frozen state. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, you have to move up the polyvagal ladder into activation before you can get to safety. What else? The other exercise I do most throughout the day is just like a simple tense and relax. So it can be hard, like if you notice your shoulders are tight, it can be hard to intentionally be like, relax, right? It's hard, hard to do that. Um, it's a lot easier if you just gently tighten one area and then soften. Or if you feel your hands tight, tighten them and then soften. And again, those soft muscles send a message to your brain to turn on the relaxation response. Crying also expresses and releases emotion and it seeks connection, which is a hallmark of that ventral vagal state. And speaking of connection, any kind of human contact can be really powerful at turning on that ventral vagal response, that parasympathetic response. Um, deep, long hugs. Uh, one expert recommends trying to get eight hugs that last eight seconds a day. Um, eye contact is really important to seeing people face to face. Uh, this is one reason why the pandemic was so stressful for people. Um, and also so is shame, right? When you stop making eye contact, you stop connecting with people, your nervous system interprets that as a threat. Um, this is another reason why sex is so powerful. It, it actually triggers a mixed state, both active and relaxed at the same time. And it can be a powerful, form of like emotional healing. Um, but at the same time, when people are lonely or disconnected or they're desperate, they might seek nervous system regulation through unhealthy forms of sex, like uh, dependence on pornography. The parasympathetic response, right? This is rest and digest. Um, eating is a powerful form of sending a message of safety. Um, it's that two-way communication from the body and the mind. And so that you know, that, that obviously can go awry if we're constantly eating to soothe ourselves. Um, so instead, you could try using mindful eating, which is just eating a bit more slowly, um, monotask while you eat, savor your food, and like enjoy a meal with friends, right? So you can double dip, you can get the food and the connections. Now, obviously, if people are just eating to soothe their nervous system, they're not addressing the actual problem of whatever's going wrong, and that can contribute to more nervous system dysregulation. Getting in touch with nature can help turn on the parasympathetic response. Uh, some people like earthing, which is putting your bare feet into the earth, um, but even a walk through the woods or even like watching a nature documentary can help. 
I'm just gonna list a few more. Um, meditative practice, massage, warmth, um, a mantra, like I am safe enough right now. Uh, grounding skills, getting present, routines for turning off work. Um, it's not stress that harms us, but chronic stress. Like it's okay to get activated, um, but to be able to return to a sense of calm determines our health. I know a therapist who had a ritual every day after work to turn work over to their higher power. So to just say, okay, I can't help these clients anymore. Higher power, they're in your hands. Um, and they would do this every day as they drove home. Um, another thing could be like a routine where you, when you get home from work, you change clothes, you take your work email off your phone, etc. Like anything that you can distinguish between on time and off time can help you like regulate your nervous system. In addition to stuff that is calming, which does strengthen vagal tone, right? We like every time we use our parasympathetic response, it gets stronger. We can also stretch our ability to respond to stressors by strengthening our nervous system resilience. Um, this is like Wim Hof stuff. This is putting some stress on our body uh, within our growth zone. And this includes things like um, cold water exposure. So if you're not familiar with Wim Hof, check them out, pretty interesting. Um, or hot exposure like saunas. And please do both of these with medical support. There are cases of people who have died while doing you know, ice baths and stuff. Physical exercise helps the body work through these natural cycles of activation and rest and also put some stress on the body, which helps it kind of strengthen. Breath work, so there's types of breathing that isn't relaxing. There's types of breathing that actually stress the system involving, you know, fast breathing, breath holding and other things like that. And those can increase uh, your vagal tone. Um, and things like training and drills. Uh, so an emergency responder can handle pretty stressful situation with a lot of calm because they feel skilled and competent due to their training. Uh, you can build out systems for yourself to handle difficult situations. Like um, emergency responders often use acronyms to remind themselves to work through the steps. So when I was training to be a wilderness first responder, initially we'd have these scenarios and people would like have these pretend like broken legs and head wounds and like bleeding everywhere. And I'd be like, oh, and the more we trained, the more acronyms we learned and helped us like, okay, we do step one, step two, step three, we can handle this. And like my sense of confidence just increased in my ability to handle this. Um, so we would use all sorts of acronyms like A, B, C, D, E, and that would keep us calm and help us work through the steps. And it's incredible like how your ability to handle stressful situations increases. Um, so Dan Siegel has an acronym, SIFT. Um, it helps people remember to check in with their sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. Um, HALT reminds people to never make a big decision when they are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And maybe you can make yourself a little acronym for what to do when you feel stressed, like find your breath, allow sensations, remember to soften, and to hug someone. Uh, FART, that's a good acronym you should be able to remember. <laughs> so the more you practice this stuff, the better you'll get at strengthening your parasympathetic response. That's the bottom line. So there's a bunch of ways you can turn on your rest and digest response, the parasympathetic response in your nervous system. Uh, for those of you on YouTube, this is day 22 from my online course, Break the Anxiety Cycle in 30 Days. In the rest of the section, we're gonna to continue to learn how to regulate our nervous system and respond to our body's sensations of anxiety. 
Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.